Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. True Hauntings is a Frightfully Good production. Some ground is bad, no one knows why. Just leave as soon as you can and take only your own things with you. Don't discuss your plans inside the house. This place is a hole to hell. When you hear those words about the place you have just made your home, you know that the best option is to do as they say. This is a place that is cursed. The land is cursed. The years have not wiped away the stain of the past. And the past seems to love to return to this place in West New York, USA, to remind those that go snooping inside that it is still alive and well and ready to scare you silly. So let's venture inside and find out why this is named the most haunted building in New York. Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And in this episode of the True Hauntings podcast, we venture down a long road in the middle of nowhere to explore the very haunted Hinsdale House. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Hello, Anne, and welcome, everyone, to this episode of the True Hauntings podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode. Oh, jeez, I didn't think I was going to get a word in there. You're on a roll, <laughs> um, which was so much better than our outtakes that we, <laughs> tried we just did yeah. with the Hindsdale house. And um, mm. I don't know what I was doing. I was making words up. Yeah. How are you doing this week? Your, your voice is sounding much better. <clears throat> yes, yes. Almost there. Almost back to normal. Yeah. About, um, about 90% back to normal. And look, I really have to again thank you for sharing and caring. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so <clears throat> I may have a little cough here and there, but my voice is held up, so I'm really happy about that. Um, 
Now, Renata, it's actually our Easter weekend that we were recording this. Yeah, I know. No rest for the wicked, so oh, they say. On. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I just want to tell you, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. There's so much research and recording that's going on at the moment that I'm, my head's about to explode. Now, I just bought you a present for Easter, didn't I? Oh, you did. I know you, you so well, don't I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> tell the lovely people what I bought you for an Easter gift. Oh, it's, it's a... Uh, pad of butter, <laughs> but it's very important butter. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit weird. What's, the, what's the that, brand name? That, Do you remember? Yeah, um, Kilkerry. No, oh. Kilkinney. Kerry Gold. Kerry Gold. Kerry Gold. Kerry Gold butter, butter from Ireland. From Ireland. Yes, get um, it right. You're, you're prepping me. You're I prepping am. me. That's expensive butter. I just want you it to do it. Savour it. I know. It's it's really expensive butter, but you know, from the bottom of my heart and my thighs. Um, <laughs> no, butter's okay for you. This is Let's all start on the Ansel Keys pyramid it's, and how it's all wrong, uh, shall we? Uh, and only, nobody will admit that it's wrong because they're all going to get sued. It's only what the, you put the butter on, yeah. right? Uh, your yes. thighs? You put the butter on your thighs? <laughs> it will eventually be there by the time it gets through. No, it's, it's the system. flour and the sugar that goes mm. to your thighs, not the butter. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I will enjoy every mouthful. Thank oh, you so it's much. so good. But in only five weeks, we can go and have baths in butter because mm. we'll be in Ireland. Yeah. And, and yeah, on the countdowner. And that beautiful um, soda bread. Oh, oh. I'm happy to bring that home on my thighs. Yeah. <laughs> and we have so many things lined up. It's so exciting this time. I mean, it's always exciting. It is always exciting going overseas. Uh, but this time is This better. time is we've got so many great things lined up. You guys are going to just hear all of these stories uh, when we get back. And, um, yeah, we'll be letting I've, you into all the background I've, stuff I've, that's happened. I've, I've even bought a new camera. You have. And I just picked it up. Mm-hmm. And it's a special vlogging camera. Mm-hmm. And it has a stick on it that has mm-hmm. buttons on it. Yeah, you've got to vlog uh, the shit out of I it. I am. <laughs> yeah, it's got a screen that folds out so we can see ourselves. Yeah. And, oh, it's going to be good. If only we can work out how to use it. Mm-hmm. We'll make sure we do. <laughs> we will. All right. This is a big episode. So yes. let's... Let's get on with it. Oh, haunted Hinsdale House. Mm-hmm. Can't get any better than this, can it? I can hardly believe I'm writing this down, but I feel like I need to share my experience at the Hinsdale House. I'm not one to believe in ghosts or paranormal activity, but what I witnessed at that house has left me shaken to my core. As soon as I entered the house, I felt like I was being watched. Every creaking floorboard and rustling curtain sent shivers down my spine, but it wasn't until the sun went down that things really started to get strange. At first, it was just small things, a door opening on its own, a cold spot in the air, but as the night wore on, the activity became more and more intense. I heard footsteps in the hallway, even though I was the only one in the house, And when I looked in the mirror, I swear I saw a face staring back at me that wasn't my own. The most frightening thing of all, though, was the voice. At first, it was just a whisper, something I couldn't quite make out. But as the night went on, the voice grew louder and more insistent. It spoke of things that I can't even bring myself to repeat. And it seemed to be coming from all around me. And then there were the figures, shadowy forms that moved quickly and silently through the house. I couldn't see any features on them, 
I could feel their malevolent energy and the sense of evil that chilled me to the bone. I didn't stay in the house long. The fear was too overwhelming and I felt like I was being suffocated by the oppressive atmosphere. As I left the house, I couldn't help but feel like I was leaving something behind. Something dark and malevolent that had taken root in that house long ago. I still can't explain what I witnessed that night, but I know that I'll never forget it, and I'll never look at the world in quite the same way again. Good soundscape, Anne. Where did that come from? Now, this is going to blow your socks off. I did uh, a whole heap of sort of information inputs and stuff like that and I put into chat GPT create a ghost story based on the information I have provided a first person account oh no I know how easy no is it to whip up our, a ghost story our world has changed forever it has and I I wanted to how can you now tell the bullshit from the real stuff it was hard exactly it was hard before now exactly exactly my point but it was riveting wasn't it it was it was yeah and that the other one that i because i had two and i started reading the other one and renata cracked up laughing part way through which you'll find out about later um and we couldn't do it but that was through the chat gpt as well oh jeez Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, this is going to be really hard from now on, people, because uh, everyone's jumping onto AI and, yeah. It writes better than me. You're yeah. a good writer. I would struggled with the English at school, so um, as in writing, creative writing and all mm. that sort of stuff. You're good at it, but for me, it's a lifesaver. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether I like it. No. I mean, I could it's, tell you it's, didn't like it um, when I showed you some other stuff because you went, it has no meat on the bones or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess we'll see how that all develops. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we are talking about Hinsdale. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hinsdale, as uh, we said already in the opening, is in um, New York or West New York. And um, gee, it looks so different to what I thought New York looks like. Yeah, but it's you're thinking the, of the city of yeah, New yeah, York. Yeah. Not it's the absolute outer, outer. It's the outer burbs. Uh, outer burbs. <clears throat> so the first house around the Hinsdale area was uh, built in 1821 and it sits on the border of Cataragus County, New York. I hope I have that right. And the town itself was named after another location, Hinsdale, but that Hinsdale sits in New Hampshire. Yep. So uh, I have a whole lot of information that has been um, collected from different sites. So I sort of uh, what I want to do is kind of wrap all of this up in this uh, very a nice neat bow, very very short introduction to Hinsdale. Um, and of course, we are very open to anyone who says to us that um, some of that information might not be correct. That is fine. Um, but one thing I'd like people to know at this stage of how we do our research. So we don't get to see the. Um 
original documents or anything like that. How we research is we source, scour the net for different stories and then we pull out all the different bits and pieces of stories and we present the different stories to you guys to work out whether this is a true haunting or whether it's a created haunting. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why we're saying if you're disagreeing with some of the stuff that we're, we're talking about here, just know that we have found this on the internet. We are presenting it to you. And before you get your knickers in a knot, wait till we get to the end. <laughs> yes. yes. And uh, um, also, uh, I will be going into most of my part um, from a book that was written by Clara uh, Clara Dandy, uh, who actually lived in the house. So, um, yes, I, I think we're going to be swapping a little bit sides when it comes to this particular story. Possibly, and so it'll yeah. be interesting. So Hinsdale was found, founded by Indians back in the late 18th century. And today it is not common to find archaeologists scouring the land in search of Native American relics that still are there. In the land itself. Now, a settler named Zachariah Noble. Um, oh, that's such a noble, <coughs> noble name. name. <laughs> yeah, moved to the area and sort of founded Hinsdale um, for the white people uh, in the early 19th century. And around 1840, a developer attempted to make a larger community out of the Hinsdale village and Scott's Corners area. But nothing really came out of the scheme. So it was like trying to join two areas into one bigger one. And we hear that um, often when we're doing our research when it comes to the smaller areas um, or um, townships in America, they, they're wanting to join them up um, with others in the area so that they can benefit from services and things. Yeah. Mm. In uh, 1860, Hinsdale contained two churches and several mills and manufacturing establishments. And back then, its population was a huge 255 people. Now, McMahon is a familiar name um, around the Hinsdale area. Yeah, remember that name. Mm. And the home that we are talking about, the Hinsdale haunt, Haunting Home, sits on the McMahon Road, which was also named after the same family. Several generations of the McMahons uh, loved the home until approximately 1971 when a realty tycoon purchased it. Now, you can even go back to a map uh, dated 1916, where it can be noted that the son of Michael McMahon, Dennis McMahon, owned the property uh, with both buildings that were still standing. So a long-standing um, connection with the McMahons to the family. Uh, to, sorry, to, to the, the house itself. Now, Clara and Phil Dandy purchased and lived in the house along with their children in the early 1970s. And they had a few children too, I believe. At four. Yeah. And strange events started to plague this particular family. Uh, now, this is where I reached into a book written by Clara. Um, she changed her surname. Was uh, it her married name, maybe? I can't um, remember. Miller, I think it was. Yeah. And um, she wrote a book with regard to, uh, it was like actually a diary because you have a date by date um, entry of all the things that happened while they were in the house from them looking at the house and deciding that they want to buy it to actually moving in the end. So I'm, I'm going to go to this because this is really where the... Um, 
the owner now of the home who actually runs the haunted house, his haunted house business from the home, um, ha- has done a lot of research, I think. Mm, has. And he goes back to um, noting everything that you know, is said. Yeah, I will give you some good quotes and things from him later yes, on in the, yes, the story. Yes. So I'd, I'm going to just concentrate on... Clara. Yeah, yeah. And, and what happened and what, to the Dandy yeah. family? And what happened great. to the Dandy Fandy? Fandy. Dandy Fandy. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get a t-shirt with that? The Dandy Fandy. <laughs> so um, the, these guys actually went through hell while living in the house and possibly there's a combination of hell from the dead but also the living when you read about the escalation of all of this. Mm-hmm. So uh, when they moved into the home... Uh, as said before, the strange things started to plague the family. There was a range of broken bones uh, that family members suffered, little accidents. Uh, there were four car accidents in two weeks in 1974. I think at that stage they really weren't sort of connecting that it could be anything in the house. They did notice a few strange things, but it was more like, you know... Things being placed down and then found elsewhere. Oh, jot. Just yeah. one of those things. Yeah, and or hearing, you know, a few noises or, you know, it's a, rather a big property. Uh, there's a big pond uh, on the property. <coughs> um, it is at the end of a long winding road uh, that sort of, you know, you have to kind of turn around from the house to go back out. And um, the kids started to sort of notice things out the window um, around the pond. They weren't really... Um, too keen on being around that area. It was one of the features that Clara and Phil thought that the kids would like. Mm-hmm. You know, they could use the pond to swim in or canoe on or whatever. Um, and it became one of those fractured points where they kind of really, they didn't want to be there at all. Yeah. Um, right. So all this kind of went on for a while and things escalated and then animals started to die on the property. So all of their beloved little creatures started to have heart failure or die of, of from unknown causes. I would have been thinking that someone was coming along and trying to poison all of these animals, but some of them were actually in the house, so that wasn't, you know, happening. Um, They uh, asked a priest, a local pastor, Mm -hmm. to come in and to... Alfredo Pasta. (laughs) I just had to... (laughs) To help. Yeah. And it's quite adamantly stated by Clara in the book that he never did an exorcism. Oh, no, he did, according to everything I've read. Well, he, she says he never so, did an exorcism. It they was an probably, exorcism. They probably used that word, but it was only ever blessings. He was blessing, blessing the family and blessing the house. Mm-hmm. And he had to do this on several occasions. And it sort of, it really didn't help. It Maybe it escalated things a little bit in what was happening or the fear that the family was getting. There were a lot of people starting to come over because word sort of got out a little bit that, um, you know, 
things were happening in the house or they were, they were noticing things. When was this all happening? 1970s. 1970s, yes. Yes, and we yes, all know yes, what yes, that yes. is famous for, yes, don't we? Yes, yes. The yes. Satanic, satanic Panic. panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, it's people started to come over and visit. It got to a point, and I don't know how much the priest associated here had to do with telling people what was going on, mm. whether he did or not, not mm. sure. But um, the local newspaper or a newspaper, the Olean newspaper yeah. got a hold of the family and they came over and they said, um, how about we do a bit of a story we'll on do this? do a story. Because maybe someone knows something about the house. Somebody might be able to help. Someone might be able to help. Oh, oh echo. Um, and so they did a story. They did a story. <coughs> and Clara almost fell off a chair when she realised it was um, first page, front page news. Oh, I didn't know it hit the front page. It hit the front page. Oh, wow. And she thought, what the shit am I going to do now? Oh, they, they haven't mentioned the house. They haven't mentioned anything. They, they haven't mentioned our name. I'll be right. I'll be okay. Everything will be fine. No one town. will know. <laughs> no one will know it's us. <laughs> oh, boy, was she wrong. <laughs> she was wrong. Well, it's not like the newspapers to do that, Renata. Oh. Did they maybe just, you know, <clears throat> add a little bit more to it that they weren't meant to? So I'm, I'm going to go in now and start... Um, Telling you a few of the things that um, Clara wrote in her oh, book. Yep. So, people will drive up to visit, and on parking in our yard, their exhaust systems would fall off, or their brakes would fail, or their transmission suddenly refused to work. So, they've got shitty cars. Um, <laughs> family pets started to die, and money started to go missing. Oh. But one of the most incredible and frightening things uh, that occurred happened in 1971. Now, by that stage, some of the campers had begun to come up and stay uh, with the family. Uh, So they would use the um, expansive area around them as a camping ground. Wow. And people could come and camp. I'd say they would have paid a couple of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember in one of the stories I was reading that the way that you get into there is like a a narrow road. It's the only road in. Mm -hmm. And the... um, once the newspapers got hold of it, they set up camp at the start of that road. So they were almost held captive there. Yeah. Because as soon as they tried to get out, they were hounded by the press. Yeah. There was a back way, which was a, a very difficult... They took the back of, passage. Yeah, they, it was a very difficult way to get through, but mm, people were finding that. themselves... Um, going around that way to try and get into the house. Yeah. Now, these campers started to hear strange singing... Um, while they were on their walks in the woods. And did you know that Clara had a UFO incident as well? I had read somewhere there was a UFO incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Now, they went out, of course, um, to help these campers find out whether there was anyone else uh, in the area that shouldn't be there um, that they weren't told of, but they couldn't find anyone. Now, um, back in the house, items started to be pushed off tabletops. Uh, Windows would close and open by themselves. And Clara started to feel, or Clara started to feel, that the house was literally absorbing her. Yeah, it was taking her soul. Sucking her in. So she became quite depressed and she lost a lot of weight. Um, The pond on the property became a real focal point with the children, as I mentioned. And they started seeing a little boy wandering around the property uh, and also a woman dancing around the pond. 
uh, on several occasions. Mm -hmm. Now, this is when Clara decided to call Father Alphonse uh, to bless the house. Alfredo. And uh, (laughs) even though she'd called him out before, he was awesomely helpful and he would be there at the drop of a hat. Um, and he just did this over and over again. He was there every time for her that she needed him um, to speak to. And uh, again, he went and blessed the house. I, I heard it was almost like he would turn up as if he knew that things were about to escalate. And sure enough, things were escalating and he would just turn up. He would just know. He had the sense that things were going to go down. Oh, interesting. Mm, Very interesting. So, as I said, the Olean newspaper um, wanted to do a story on the hauntings. The story got onto the front page. (laughs) And soon people started to arrive in droves to see if they could witness anything. Now, this is is one of the most bizarre statements that I read in, in the book. Um, And she writes that one family even came into the house and sat down at the dining room table saying that they demand to see the ghost. Now, they did not know. They're not even on a tour with us demanding to see the ghost. They did not know these people. They just walked in. They think it's a tourist attraction. Yeah, they walked in and said, yeah, okay, come on, show us the ghost. Where is it? Wow. Are you hiding this for yourself? Wow. Oh, my God. The Karens. That's a family of Karens. Now, it got so bad that they spent every night of the week up until two or three o'clock in the morning chasing cars away with people wanting to come to the property going, yeah, okay, where's the ghost? Show us the ghost. So, I mean, they've sort of set the precedence by um, saying, yes, you can camp on the land. Give us a couple of dollars. You can camp here. So they've sort of said to people, yes, you can come in. You can sit and watch the house. But they haven't said you can come into the house. No. Well, the thing is that the whole camping thing, I think, was just a money-making thing before this all escalated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there was one report that... I read that people that had owned it before them had wanted to build cabins all with little individual ponds, then it was going to be like a, a tourist resort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that makes sense that they, they may have used it as a camping ground. Yeah. Now, to make this worse, friends would start to come over. Uh, and they would bring along a friend of a friend of a friend who said that they were psychic. <laughs> and that, that would, you, if we knew these people, we would be the friends that would be over yep. there with them. Yep. I can tell you now, but we wouldn't bring friends. Yeah. Can I? Can I bring my daughter's boyfriend's sister's Cousins. auntie <laughs> over? Because she's psychic, and they'll be able to tell you what's going on in the house. Oh no! So they would, of course, come over. Uh, by this stage, Clara was at a wit's end and she just, oh, please, someone tell me what to do. And, of course, they would say something, you know, hoping that um, you know, they, they could stop all of this because this was causing havoc to the whole family. Um, and it was really affecting the children. So some of the ghosts or spirits that were seen in the house and told to them by the psychics. Oh, this is going to be a great list. So an old farmer, the black man, um, which he was called, the young boy, the redhead, which could be the woman by the pond, Agatha, and the woman in the window by the same name, the strawberry strawberry blonde, Beth or Mary, um, plus assorted figures with no definite description, which we all would see flitting around the property, 
Um, they would f- uh, smell perfume uh, in Mary's room. That was one of the children. Uh, and Mary's room seemed to be one of the focal points uh, in the house. Lots of things happened in Mary's room. Um, there was a, a pipe smoke, so aroma, that was noticed also in Beth's bedroom. Uh, and the door uh, in the bathroom and the cellar door, and threatening voices that Beth would hear outside of her window at night. Um, And um, like Clara says, she nearly had to become Sherlock Holmes to try and work out where these voices were coming from um, and who they belonged to. Yeah. Now, there was also another very famous um, psychic called Alex T. Oh, yes. Who came by um, and um, everyone sort of hung on to every single word. I think they'd been on TV a couple of that times. That Alex had said. And Tanus. T-A-N-O-U-S, Tanus. Oh, right. And um, he was mesmerising. He, uh, Clara says... Uh, Alex had the eyes of a mystic, deeply set and introspective as though they focused on something not visible to most. In a quiet voice, I have never heard him raise his voice, he asked, did you know you had a mass murder here? I guess I managed to gasp or or, uh, say a barely audible, no. He then explained his impressions. He saw seven spirits some much more clearly than others. One man was stabbed, the letter opener in Mary's picture. A woman was hanged, the bulging eyes on the woman at the pond, the figure hanging from the tree. Another woman was drowned, was the hair on the apparition at the window dirty or wet. A man beaten to death, and here his voice broke. A a young girl of about 18 with strawberry blonde hair was attacked, beaten and tortured to death. Well, he's kind of ticked all the boxes, hasn't he? he? Do we have the lady in the white dress? Um, I don't have that. She's one of those, trust me. Okay, okay. (laughs) So, um, yes, this kind of just, yeah, it affected everyone. Now, uh, he did whatever he did at that point in time and things actually seemed to settle down. For a moment in time. They must have got their story out. They felt better that their story had been told. Yeah, and everything went quiet for a little while. But then it ramped up even more and the kids began to be really affected. They would go into trances. They would do things that were like so out of character um, and so bizarre. And when they were shaken out of it, they had no memory of what they had done. Mm. Now, in 1974, a film team why would you do this, came to do a documentary on the house and they actually witnessed things moving. Uh, They heard awful screams while they were filming. This was actually um, part of the documentary and um, they picked up on those voices and everything. Uh, The sceptics had a field day with the family um, and finally the family just could no longer face all of this um, and they, they left, they left. Now, I'm just going to go very quickly on. Um, so, 
there were still these issues about who had lived there before and whether they had uh, experienced anything. They kind of found out that the family beforehand uh, who had only lived there for a short period of time had actually also had some experiences. And then another family who came in uh, straight after the Dandies only lasted a year. Um, because uh, while ever they were in the house, um, their their relationship just disintegrated. It, it fell apart. And then in June 2015, Dan Cleese yep. came along and uh, he decided to purchase the property. Yeah, apparently the, the house had been abandoned for quite some time and investigators were going up there all the time investigating in there. Um, so... He he didn't want to buy it, but then he just he, he felt had, he felt compelled. He felt compelled. I compel you. <laughs> I compel you to purchase it, and uh, he is raising money through his um, paranormal investigations and open houses uh, to uh, redo the property mm-hmm. to, to renovate it. it. Yeah, bring it back to its former glory. Yep. Um, and there's obviously a lot of information on the website. There is a website um, and Facebook page associated with mm-hmm. the, the Hinsdale House. That's where he does his advertising and everything. And, um, yeah, it's an ongoing project for him. So from what, just to sort of very quickly recap, from what I got from Clara um, and her book is that the family was left traumatised. They never really worked out rarely um where some of these um what was causing it ghosts and things were coming from what was causing it uh in the end i think more than anything it was the human people that actually made them leave because they just couldn't stand the fact that it was open house as far as everyone was concerned and uh, the children were being desperately affected by all of this and they left so more the humans probably than the blasted ghosts plus people terrifying them with with their theories on what was there. Yes, yes, yep. Um, interesting, his, interestingly, historically, um, I searched and searched and searched um, and I found things that I can't go into. <laughs> I'm letting you go into yep. that. So I wanted to just tell everyone um, the dandy side of the story. Right, so you've done the dandy. I'm, I'm going to take you back a little bit more into the history and probably I'm looking now through the eyes of the people who have purchased the house now and who have done the research. As you said, they've, they've written a book um, and I'm going to report to you guys uh, what they think is causing the haunting and the, the layers, mm-hmm. layers of evil oh, that are, are in the are house. There are layers of evil now, in I did, house. Now, I've done so much reading on this uh, and... I can't seem to find one of my main main documents that has everything. But anyway, I'll, I'll hopefully my memory will hold up and I'll remember some of it. But um, there was a great podcast that I do enjoy listening to called History Goes Bump. And they had a, a guest on there whose name's Tim Shaw. And uh, he, he's been to the house many, 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 many times. He loves going up there. Uh, and he sort of was explaining some of the things that they've seen, uh, like the infamous Lady in White. Mm-hmm. See, there you go. Mm-hmm. Bizarre animal-human hybrids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did read about yeah. that in the story. I just yeah, couldn't put that in. Yeah, they, they, they that reckon in. that the haunting turned violent when the dandies were there. It started off okay and then things started 
um, being thrown at people. A lamp threw itself at one of the dandy's daughters. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hmm. Now, this was one of the really frightening ones, uh, that one night they noticed there was a group of strange faces staring in their window. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mr. Dan- Dandy ran outside to chase away the trespassers, assuming it's Sticky Beaks who were wanting to have a look in the house. But when he got outside and looked in through the window, those faces were on the inside looking out at mm. him. It had reversed. Mm. That's a great story. I like that one. And, of course, they called in um, Father Alphonsus. Uh, he, he was actually a, uh, a lecturer at the St. Bonaventure University. Now, according to the people that own the house now, he actually performed an exorcism. Uh, but they do go on to explain uh, later on that it, it was what they call a deliverance or um, a house blessing because an exorcism is done on humans, mm-hmm. whereas... Um, they it, believe the house was haunted, not them. Yeah. Um, he actually... Well, hang on. Let, let me get to that in a second. Okay, okay. So Father Alphonsus, when he came to the house, according to this story that I'm referring to, brought a paranormal team with him. Oh, I have, didn't read that anywhere. This is the only place I have found that they talk about that. And that whilst they were there, that they had the strongest paranormal activity ever witnessed during that exorcism. Really? <laughs> now, okay. You, you'd think that the Warrens would have a finger in this, wouldn't you? <laughs> Don't laugh. No. Apparently they were there. Were they? Oh, well, according I to was, something. I was looking for that information. I, I, I thought they've got to be there. Well, at one stage before the, the dandies had moved in, I think, 
the Warrens had been there to investigate. Ah, I could find nothing. No. So, and there was somebody had a quote up that Lorraine Warren had said there's two places she would never enter again, and one was the Amateurville house, and one was this house. Ah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I'm not going to. We just didn't have time to go any further in that, but I was suspecting that they would have been there. Yeah. Um, all right. So. There was also a story as well that during the mid-1900s, they had a priest come to the house and do a deliverance as well. Now, that's not documented anywhere. That's only by word of mouth in the community. Who knows? Mm -hmm. That would have been the McMahons that would have been living there. Must have been. Uh, There is so much to report on this place. So they had um, uh, somebody called Paul Kenyon, who befriended the family, became a caretaker of the house after they left. Uh, He started to document the dandy story, as well as his own experiences, and he published a book in 2009 called You Know They're Here. Ah, Mm. He actually discovered a new phenomena. Now, you had mentioned the UFOs for Mm -hmm. the dandies, but he found one called ground lights. Uh, He said... Our puzzling new development, very puzzling for myself, which has been experienced by many, is that of strange ground lights that appear. They're extremely bright and either fade out slowly or are gone in the blink of an eye. The lights mainly appear on the ground with no apparent source and are totally baffling. We experienced only recently, only 15 feet from us at the edge of the road, two of us ran directly towards uh, and it began to fade out. There was absolutely no source whatsoever for this strange light, and we stood in the exact spot it had appeared. Wow. Kenyon also goes on to talk about some of the other things that I'm going to mention. Yep. Um, now there's the hanging tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're from a woman that's hanged. Now I did find, this is some of the notes that's missing, but her name was Elizabeth. And she had fallen in love with a a soldier Mm -hmm. and they'd married before he had gone off to uh, fight Mm -hmm. and uh, had fallen pregnant. But I think it must have been a secret marriage or something because he was gone longer than expected and she started to show that she was pregnant. So people started to think that she had been unfaithful to her her beau and they strung her up and hanged her. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you sound really excited about the pregnant lady being hanged there, Renata. <clears throat> no, I'm try- just trying to find whether I have that information. Some other yeah, notes, so yeah. Uh, that's that's that story, and, and he came back ready to to meet his wife and and um, start their life, and found out that they'd strung up his pregnant wife. Didn't go down well. Right, there is also a claim that uh, 1,100 Indians were murdered on the premises long ago and that there was a shaman burial site located just above the Hinsdale house. Now, you didn't mention in its history that it was also a stagecoach way station um, being... uh, also being used near the hanging tree, uh, and that hanging tree has toppled over. Uh, now, this innkeep at this location, um, which is supposed to be the Hinsdale House, it said it's near the hanging tree, but it, it's the Hinsdale House, apparently used to murder people. And uh, the last people... Um, uh, there was also... Where's that other one? There was some brothers that yes, lived there, there at one stage. Yes, there were some brothers that lived there and they used to go and murder people. Yes, they would um, grab the bodies and they would 
stuff them into the crawl spaces and then wait at night to go and bury them out the back. Yeah. So apparently the the forest behind the house is supposed to be so many people buried out there. Wow, that's a Sweeney Todd story. Yes. We've got everything here. Yeah, I I didn't. I I knew you'd pick up on those stories and that was going to be part of what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, Yeah. so what else? Have we, oh, now, um, this particular person they were interviewing sort of thinks that when there's a haunting as big as this, that there has to be some source or battery or power that is charging up the site. Yep. So apart from the 1,100 Indians that are buried, buried underneath the house and massacred, um, the local dowsing society did go out there. and did they, they? They did. They got their dowsing rods out. And do you know what they discovered? That there are two ley lines, two negative ley lines. Oh, oh. You get your information right there, Renata. Negative ley lines. Have you ever heard of negative ley lines? No, I have not. Well, apparently, um, that this is two ley lines that, when crossed, can produce a nasty negative energy. Now, sacred sites are normally built on positive lines, mm-hmm. but this just happens to be on the intersection. I've two negative ley lines. I've learned something new. And of course we've got the um we've got Alex Tannis, they call him here, a psychic. There's different uh I'm not sure if that was Tanus or Tannis or whatever it was, but anyway. He was the one who was also reporting that people were being killed and they're being stuffed into crawl spaces. Holy um, cow, did they find any skeletons? Well no, they haven't. And if you think about it, It's a tiny house. It's tiny. It's small. And the crawl spaces are very small. But when people die... They smell. And rigor mortis. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to fold these bodies up and stuff them into crawl spaces and it's supposed to be a pub or an inn, wouldn't yeah. the, the, the juices start to drop down because oh, the bodies yeah. leak juices yeah. um, and it would be, get a bit smelly. Is there an attic? Um, or a, a... There is under- a bedroom up the top because I watched <clears throat> I watched a... Um, oh, there's somebody I follow on Facebook and he's a sceptic, but he still goes out into paranormal investigations. Oh, yes, I watched that one too. Yeah. Um, he and went through the house. He it's went tiny. Through the, it's tiny. It's itty bitty. And sometimes like you step out of the doorway and there's a stairway there. There's not even a platform. You're mm-hmm. straight onto the stairs. Anyway, um, he also mentioned a red-haired buck girl that dances at the end of the pond. Nice. Uh he does mention that there's supposed to be lots of photos about um, of evidence of this place, but nobody ever produces the photos. Uh-huh. So he's a little bit suspicious of that. Um, now, the animal-human hybrids supposedly chased Clara and her daughter, Beth, into the house and into the utility room. And she was so terrified, the daughter, that her eyes changed from green to blue or blue to green. Her eyes changed colour. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, this was a really interesting comment that uh, he made. And look, I'm not picking on this person. I'm just, I've just made notes on mm-hmm. on what they've said. If it, it will give you what you want, it reads your mind and gives you exactly what you are looking for. That's the house. The house. Right. So the house is a, a sentient being. Supposedly. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, there was a mass performed in the kitchen by Father Alphonsus, and uh, that's when things started to get out of control. But interestingly, the priest 
thought that the battery or what was causing the the hauntings in this house was one of the girls. Mm -hmm. He thought that she was producing poltergeist activity, which would make sense with the things that are missing and uh, then reappearing and um, Uh doors and things banging and things being thrown. Um, That would have been Beth. But one of the the, uh, problems was that the girls were apparently not at the house when this stuff was going on. They were normally at the grandparents' house in Buffalo, which is a contradiction. Okay. um, (coughs) That's interesting because in the book, um, Clara seems to continually mention the children throughout. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also a mention of Laura, who is one of the daughters. Mm Mm-hmm. Apparently she was a little bit troubled. So I'm actually, I was actually thinking that it might have come from Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, now he said, this is not me saying, saying it, that she was a cutter and she used to cut herself. Mm-hmm. And Laura did eventually commit suicide. Right. Not in the house though. Mm-hmm. There is a story somewhere that somebody has said that somebody committed suicide in the house. Mm-hmm. I can't find any reference to that. So... I think that somebody's got those two stories muddled up. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly, in 2011, this investigator saw a girl at the bottom of the stairs and she was there for 10 seconds to the point that he sort of shook his head, blinked his eyes several times and it was still there. Uh, he contacted Clara and Clara said that she reckons it was Laura. Laura. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said... Laura said that if anything ever happened to her, she was going to go back to the house to live. Oh, okay. Mm. Now that that makes sense. That makes sense. So I I really like that. But Laura did have psychiatric psychiatric issues. There were problems there. Could she possibly have been responsible for some of the pranking of stuff happening to get attention? I don't know. Or did the the location? with all this horrible history that's happened there, amplify Laura's abilities. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, what else can I find? Um, So we've had... Oh, apparently the K2s pick up on a lot of electromagnetic fields out there, but there is no power to the house. My question is, are their phones off? Because if their phones are off, it's going to be picking up on their phones. Mm-hmm. Just had to say that. And also, what's the ground made up of? Because we find sometimes that the ground um, oh, I did read and under that. the soil can affect um, EMF too. Yeah. Oh, well, look at... Um, Tanilba Bay. Tanilba House. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's crazy. Uh, so another little interesting thing. Remember there was Flo and... Um, husband was Flo and I can't remember they were there after the dandies uh, and she was always sick when she was in the house and uh, she eventually was moved out into, uh, to a hospital I think they moved her chair or something there was some sort of um, where she used to sit and it would bang on the wall behind her and they, they moved her chair and she started to get a bit better once they moved the chair. They've realised that those negative ley lines intersected right underneath oh, right her under chair. chair. Oh, my gosh. Wow. How convenient. <laughs> Hold it together, Renata. We're nearly there. Um. Oh, there's just so much there with murderous innkeeps and UFOs and... Oh, it's everything. It's got, it's got the lady it, in the white. We've got a hanging tree. Yep, yep. Um, so, uh, 
do you know what I actually thought? Those lights that they talk about off the ground, they sound like the Min Min lights. Mm, they do. They sound very much like yeah. the Min Min lights. Let me get my second set of notes. And, and sometimes um, it's the gases that are produced in the land that create Possibly, some of those lights. Which could also account for a lot of the stuff that's going on there. Mm. Now, you sent me some delightful articles. I did, didn't I? Um, and, wow. All right. I, you made me very depressed after this. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Just saying. I'm sorry. Someone's done their homework. They have. Now, so, again, let's let's just put a caveat in here and say this is something that we found on um, the internet. It but was, there is bias here as well. There's bias here, yeah. There is bias yep, here. Yep, so we're going to lay it out on the lines for you guys to work out what you think is the truth behind all of this or not. So this particular article, which is from the archives.sbu.edu, is talking about uh, Father Tribold and uh, what happened. Now, according to one thing I read, uh, Father Tribold brought the psychic to the house. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it was this psychic that has given us this long list of very mm-hmm. um, sort of tick-the-box ghosts, yes, isn't it? Yes, yes. All right, so first off, there was no exorcism performed in the house. It was a cleansing. Yes, you are correct. Um, Then in the book, uh, Father Trapold said the exorcism rite is in a prayer, in an attempt to get rid of the house of spirits, um, but it didn't work. Uh, Another misconception is the house was built on an Indian burial ground or mound. Now, there is somebody called Cassidy Nichols, who I have her article that comes in after this that I will go into more detail on that one. But these people who are um, talking about the house and trying to debunk the myths of the house... They want to set the record straight, not just for the Dandy or the Miller family, which have suffered because of the the stories that have gone around, but to look after Father Trebold's legacy. It's important to us here at the St. Bonaventure Archives to uh, provide accurate information concerning our collection. Mm -hmm. So this is the St. Bonaventure Mm -hmm. Archives, which Mm -hmm. he was... A uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to tidy it all up, set it straight. Yeah. This is all garbage. And um, I, I need to go into more information now about these debunkings because they mention it briefly here, but this next article I have goes into it uh, a bit more. Mm-hmm. So the... Uh, it starts off with this. I love this. Lazy research leads to false history. Mm, Isn't yes. that great? Propagating events that never took place for the reason of monetary game is inexcusable. Now, I'm reading a quote here, people. And sometimes simple research errors, not necessarily callous in themselves, can spawn seemingly sturdy historical inventions, one created after another to continue the story and false history. Mm. Ouch. Ouch. So when the dandies were having all this trouble, there were apparently crowds of people coming forward, waving their hands to saying, oh, we saw that, we saw this, we saw that. I think they were just looking for their moment of fame. Mm-hmm. 
And they said, my research has led me to believe that many of these experiences that have been brought forward are no more than a cry for attention at the cost of the dandy family. This person knows the family and they're trying to set the record straight because the family is sick to death of it. Yes, and they were. Yeah, the family have been lied about, scrutinised and are fed up with the propagated garbage that's been released over the years. Um, And, oh, I would have gone and learned a line of idiots falling prey on false history. Just, ooh. Right, okay, Miller released the book in 2000 to combat the rumours of the property, only to lead to a line of idiots preying on false histories to sell a paranormal ticket. So that's Clara. That's Clara. Yeah. Use the yep. name Miller. Yeah, yeah. So, so she's she set that book up. Right. Yeah. As a long-standing friend of the Friars, so again we have bias here. Yeah. I'm just. Mm-hmm. I have to say that. I find myself protective of the Franciscans. Rumours have swirled about about Father Alphonsus Trebold, OFM, and the Hilltop Farm. His memory has been clouded with superstitious rumour, and the great theology and religious professor loved by everyone that knew him is being forgotten. Yeah. So they're trying to clear what has happened. Mm -hmm. So there were mounds in the area, uh, and that's well documented. And they've got photos. Yep. But these mounds are not on top of a hill, and the Hinsdale House is. Mm -hmm. That is not where they would have put them. Uh, Rumour of a chief's burial and several mounds have swirled for several years since a quote by a local was published in newspapers. So we've just got somebody who has said something Mm -hmm. and it's been published. So um, there's also the false story about the house being uh, built over American graves um, due to a horrific massacre. There is no research that backs that up as well. They have been in contact with the Native Americans in the area and they are starting to get the poos with this as well. Uh, Rumours are still fiery as recent as 2016. The hot ticket to investigate the supernatural in a place of horror is still the in thing. Uh, The Senecas and elders from several tribes have been informed of not only the mound claims, but the massacre claims as well. To add, they are also aware that these are false history of their people and claims to a sacred space being used to commercialise ghost hunting. Once again, I am quoting. I am quoting. And uh, as I said, I can just imagine they are disgusted. There was um, this historic hoax hoax actually seems to come from a newspaper article that was published by the Patriot and Free Press on September 9 to 15, 2009. Now, the sad thing is that this sort of stuff destroys the true history. It corrodes it. Mm -hmm. But wait... There's more. There's more. <laughs> oh, no. Now, Father Alphonsus has tried to do some research into who owns the house. And as you're talking about the McMahons. Yes. So he's gone in to look for the historical papers. And he's ty- he's typed in the, the name, the deed, and found it's come up. But what he's actually picked up on is the wrong deed. So he was basing all this information on the wrong location and the wrong deed. Oh, no. Uh, and this person has got photos of these deeds and has highlighted where it's all. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh. Yep, yep. 
Yes, you can actually find this. Oh, no. Look, it does go on to there and it talks about um, an inn, but it was not there. Now, one of the problems is the inn would not have been in this location because there would have been stagecoaches and things that would have had to haul cargo. Why would they put an inn at the top of a hill? Yeah, in, it in, makes, a, in a dead end. In a dead end. In it dead makes end. Yep. no sense mm-hmm. whatsoever. But there was another inn. Um, in 1832, John Lafever settled in the area, building a hotel on uh, what in the present day is Haskell Road. Two of his nephews built farms as above. So they were talking about the other one. Um, so maybe, is that two nephews that may be linking up with uh, the two brothers? The two brothers, brothers yes. Oh, someone's created a story and a it's connection. twisted history. At no time in, uh, in history did any murders occur on that location. Nor did the Lefevers live on top of at Hill Farm. Oh, no. However, if we go to the book that was written by the Clays and Joyce, that inn was what came to be called the Hinsdale House two names for the owners, Ian and Richard, because record-keeping at the time was not as meticulous as it has grown to be today. The last name of these two very evil brothers remains unknown or in dispute. Ian and Richard were rapists and thieves using the Hinsdale house as a spider web to attract their victims. The very worst or an expensive watch could easily be a traveller's death warrant. Seeing those items on a guest signaled to these brothers that there was a person to rob, perhaps sexually assault, and dragged to the tree for a hanging. Mm-hmm. I read that too. <sighs> now we're going to move on a little bit to the amount of um, tragedies that befell the the family, the Dandy family that moved in or that have occurred on this property. Yes. Um, and this again is coming from uh, the book written by Clays and Joyce. Uh, an unusual number of accidental deaths and events of serious injury also associated with the Hinsdale house, including the untimely and tragic death of 16-year-old Alfred Warren was helping his father cut down a branch on the site in 1942, was struck in the head when the buzzsaw they were using to complete the task snagged, hurling the saw with immense force into the head, causing traumatic injury that snuffed out his life three hours later in the nearby Cuba Memorial Hospital in Cuba, New York. Alfred frequently makes his eternal youthful presence known to those who stay at the house. A look at the simpler, simple number of people who have died on the property of unnatural causes over the course of its existence as a non-native location is statistically out of proportion to the standard statistical rate of danger on the rural land. Now, there was somebody who died from a buzz uh, buzzsaw accident. His name was Warren Emerson, and he was in an accident in 1942 at the age of 16 and did die in the said hospital three hours after the accident, but it was on the Emerson homestead on Emerson Road. That didn't have anything to do and was nowhere near the Hinsdale house. Are they pulling together everything 
from a 50-kilometer I'm, I'm, radius. I'm, I'm going to come to my conclusions at the end. Um, just don't jump ahead of okay. me. I have a plan. Uh, so unusual deaths on the property of the Hinsdale Farm. Uh, the closest issue was the murder of Danny J. Simpson by his brother David A. Simpson. So there's brothers. After an argument, David shot Danny at close range with a shotgun. Danny perished one hour later at in the Olene General Hospital. Uh, he was sentenced for the, the murder. Um, this took place on a property close to the Hinsdale Farm and uh, has been mentioned as a haunt itself. This again, an unfortunate mistake of one brother ending the life of another. Family is currently still in the area and is not only untasteful to speak of murder Danny as a haunt but it did not happen on their property. Mm-hmm. The hanging tree, the tree of despair. <sighs> this is, you depressed me, Renata. You Sorry. really depressed Sorry, me. Sorry, I found this. <laughs> hmm. so not, but you um, know, I'll dig. I'll dig until I find something. Yeah, I yeah. have to. Yeah, so there yeah. was no Richard or Ian in the McMahon family, and they certain, there was no serial killers in the McMahon family. And this sort of makes you believe that nobody was hanged from this tree. And they, they actually went and found the tree and they said that the, the tree that, I mean, supposedly it's fallen over. Somebody said it's fallen over. But the, they said once they saw the tree, it wasn't big enough to be a hanging tree. I, who knows? I don't know. Um, all right. And this hanging tree is not on the Hinsdale site. It's on private property and people are now going onto the private property without permission to try to get to where that tree is. Um, there's also mention of a horrific car accident for one of the, the boys yes. the, the, from the family, the Dandy family. Um, Michael Dandy suffered a terrible injury upon losing control of his vehicle, driving towards the home on Wagner Hill Road. It has been rumoured recently that family friend Randall Carr was the individual in the accident. This is not the case and is still a local individual. So I'm not sure whether it was Michael or whether it was Randall, but the family that are there are not happy with all of this stuff that's going on. But look, I have to tell you, the research that this Cassidy Nichols put into this Hinsdale haunting Western New York's greatest historical folly, she did amazing work. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a it's a big deep dive, and it's because she is friends of the family. But again, there is bias. Mm-hmm. Is she creating this? But she's got historical documents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's got actual documents on her side. Yeah. So, but as with everything, do you do you just give people what's going to align with the story that you're trying to put forward, and not add the things that don't? Or, you know, like, yeah, that, that's what we're looking at here. All right. I'm, I'm going to try and look through, through this through rosy coloured glasses. Um, I don't, I'm not saying that I think these people that have bought the house now are necessarily um, deceiving people. I think they've done a shallow dive into the history and it uh, very nicely fits mm-hmm the uh, the story of a haunted house. It's a spooky looking 
house. It's been abandoned for ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, he is running tours there and he's reinvesting the money back into the house. He's bringing people up for tours. Um, it's brought paranormal community together and they're having working bees and they're, they're working on the house together, which I really love that idea. Mm-hmm. I love that it's brought people together. What I really hope is that they don't know the truth of this and are keeping it quiet to further their business. I'm mm-hmm. really hoping that's not the case. Mm-hmm. We, well, we don't know. No. We really don't know. But when, when you're trying to salvage history and keep history, mm. you want to be keeping the right history. Yeah. Not the wrong history. Yeah. Look, I think something did happen with the Dandy family that are there, but I have a feeling that there's, there was mental health issues involved with one of the children. Um, maybe there was latent ability there that has come forward. Uh, maybe there were pranks. The four kids in that tiny little house. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the public whipping up into a frenzy. You've got the priest who's come in and dragged in the wrong information accidentally. Uh, and then you've got the psychic that's come in and added a few a bit more kindling and poured some petrol on the fire. <laughs> and then the, the, then the newspapers come in and it's just blown up yeah 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 there there is it's a shit storm it is yeah and it's really breaking my heart that there are all these amazing paranormal locations out there that it's not built on truth yeah they're thriving on hearsay they're thriving on mythology and and but ghost hunters soak it up yeah and yeah look if you had the opportunity to investigate the amateurville horror house would you I'd go in. Yeah, I'd go in in I'd a heartbeat. In. But we know that that's all done. That's all bullshit. Yes. <laughs> but we'd still go, wouldn't yeah, we? You'd go. You'd oh. go. Um, I, I think you'd go to just satiate that curiosity that you have. Yeah. Um, but I mean, to, there were still a lot of murders that took place in that yeah, house. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. We've got to wrap this one up. This, this was difficult. And I had no idea that we were going to go down no, this. I thought this was an easy one. Yeah, I, I really didn't. I really didn't. And then as you, as, <sighs> as you kind of discovered more and more, it became one of those... Yeah, it's difficult when you have someone who now owns a property and runs paranormal investigations. Yep. And we found this um, as well uh, with uh, the place in England. The um, And every paranormal team that's going to go in there is going to find something yeah. because if they don't, they're the, shit investigators. Yeah, yeah, the Pontefract House, which was exactly the same. You've got, you know, this house is now, um, you know, available for paranormal teams. And as you said, if you don't find anything in there, if it's a quiet night, um, you know, you're shit. Yeah, absolutely crap. Yeah. You know, because a hundred have been in there before you and found all of this stuff, and now you've gone in and you can't find anything. You don't know what you're doing. You need to watch Ghost Adventures to work out how to yeah. do it properly. So this this is where is it a true haunting, Renata? Oh, God, um, I'm not interested in this house anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm just not. It's not. It's not on my radar I'm whatsoever. Not gonna, I'm not putting my hand in my pocket no, to, to no. buy a ticket. And in there. I, look, I honestly, I, I wish the best for the owner and for the people coming in. Um, I hope they do some more research yeah, on the, the true yeah, history. Do some research and, and set some things straight. So Find that because, as I said, there is bias in every single one of those stories. Everyone is looking out for someone else. Yeah. What is the truth? What is the truth? Get down to the truth. Look, we're going to have to wrap it there. We're 
gone over time. Thank you so much for drawing. drawing? <laughs> Thank you for, very much for joining us on this week's episode of The True Hauntings. Please share it around. Let other people know about what we're doing. Uh, and we will see you all on the dark side. Oh, and don't forget to already. be. We are on the dark side. Stay frightfully good, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com.